It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Talk to JT. As we are rolling on on the biggest topic in the NFL. This is nothing to dive into and look crazy about. Have we lost our bleeping mind? Look, the elephant in the room is the majority of our audience are Raider fans. And they would like the Raiders to win now. They don't want to rebuild. They don't care about two or three years. The last 20 plus years have been hard and they're sick of it. Excuses die. The record stands. JT the Brick. Are you kidding me? It's an absolute free-for-all with the Raiders on national radio debate shows. Everybody now is throwing blank up against the wall. No, no, no. Who are you listening to? Who's putting this in your head? But what happens next is what should this team do that's responsible, not reckless, makes sense, and could kind of thread the needle and get this team back to greatness. Are you with me on that? Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. And now, sound off like you got a pair. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you here we go hour number four for me just finished three hours on mad dog sports radio with dusty Dvorak, a former college football and nfl defensive lineman so i'm all worked up ready to go prepped up uh did three hours on college baseball nba nfl whatever you want to get to good to hear from you today as we are still basking in the light of the golden knights championship win a couple of the raiders offseason OTAs, a mandatory minicamp, a couple of events that I emceed, and now the weather's going to get to 100. We're going to finally get our first 100-degree day. Watch it on the news last night. It's one of the longest streaks ever in Vegas history, dating back to 1964, 65, longest gap between 100-degree days, and it's going to come in hot coming up this weekend as we head into 4th of July weekend. So good to have you today. We're brought to you by Golden Entertainment. They own Arizona Charlie's, the Strat, the Laughlin Event Center, 64-plus taverns here. And they got a big event coming up with Zach Whitecloud. I'll tell you all about that as the Vegas Golden Knights are going to have a meet and greet with one of their world champion Stanley Cup champs. Can't, can't tell you enough how that partnership worked out so well for PTs as they fuel the monologue. And now they have an opportunity to celebrate that partnership with a golden night that is zach whitecloud the meet and greet june 29th 6 to 8 p.m at sierra gold at 215 in jones sierra gold 215 in jones zach whitecloud the meet and greet that's 6 to 8 p.m hey get there for happy hour from 5 to 7 p.m say how to zach whitecloud as pts fuels the monologue so as i often tell you on this show we try to come up with interesting content every day some days is easier than others When football season starts, it's a layup. Every day we have it. We want the team to win so it'll be more friendly content. We want the team to be successful so I don't have to start at the end of July, August, and be negative until February. That's what happened last year. Last year, there was negativity. Every bleeping show that I hosted, there was a sense of doom and gloom. Uh, Raiders came off the playoffs. It was clear they weren't going to make the playoffs with a lot of those losses double-digit leads in the second half, and then it was just piling on. And I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't need a bonus for it. I don't need a raise. I don't need a juice box. But imagine coming in every day knowing that the fans were going to line up at the gate, upset, and take it out on me. Moi. They take it out on me. And I'm okay with that. I get what you're going through. I'm one of you, season ticket holder and fan. But now we got a lot to be optimistic about. I think the team's improved. I think the team had a pretty good draft. I've met the draft picks. I'm getting to know some of these guys. 
and I understand what Dave Ziegler's trying to do. I understand the type of player that he's trying to get in cost-effective-wise and try to build around cost-effective, meaning that they're going to have them under contract, under their control, with the length of the contract, the money they're getting, and then they're going to be able to evaluate their own players, not Mike, Mike Mayock and John Gruden's players. That took them a while to deal with. They had to figure out who's any good. So I'm pretty optimistic about this because I think the Raiders have an all-star team on offense when it's healthy and clicking. Everybody's pretty much healthy in July and August. Jimmy Garoppolo should be at 100%. Tyree Wilson should be good to go. I would, I would be more confident in both those guys being ready at some point and being ready for the start of the season. So I'm going to assume those guys are going to be available. The seventh pick overall in the draft and the franchise quarterback. If that's the case, the optimism shouldn't be overflowing, but the optimism should be real that the Raiders can clean up some of the mistakes that they had last year and figure out how to clean them up and play faster, smarter, and more explosive. Now, I'm watching SportsCenter right now, and it says live, Josh Jacobs has yet to sign his $10.1 million franchise tag, led the league with 1,653 rushing yards. The show that I just co-hosted, that was a big topic because the running backs are a huge topic now. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, Tony Pollard signed his franchise tag in March, $10.1 million. You know why he signed it? Because he broke his fibula in the division playoffs in January. Imagine coming off a broken leg and all of a sudden having $10.1 million guaranteed in front of you. You're going to sign that because you just got injured and your career could have been over. That is not the case with Josh Jacobs. He's healthy. He put up big numbers overall. So with the guys who haven't signed the franchise tag yet, you're starting to hear more about Josh Jacobs in a smaller market in Las Vegas compared to Saquon Barkley, who's going through the same thing. He's going through the same thing with New York, and New York went to the playoffs last year and won a playoff game. Remember, they beat the Minnesota Vikings. They had a big Daniel Jones outplayed Kirk Cousins. They won a playoff game. That's something to build on, and Saquon Barkley knows that they wanted Daniel Jones locked up more than him. And that really comes down to one of the topics we're going to talk about in the offseason. Who's more important? Under Josh McDaniels, nobody is more important than anybody else on the team. That was true with Tom Brady. Tom Brady was more important to you and the fans. He wasn't to the Patriots. They were all even. He was the greatest player of all time, building that reputation. But you remember the stories about how Bill Belichick didn't give him special treatment. Brady was the first one in, the last one to leave. Brady started the offseason program, went down to the beach, and flew these guys in for all these workouts. That's what this organization is now based on. Tom Brady should be approved to become a minority owner. I don't know how much of the team he's getting. None of my business. But he's going to be involved in this organization, along with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, who saw a level of excellence in New England, which was so high that most of the teams around the league couldn't understand it. They wanted to infiltrate it. They wanted to get players from that organization and said, hey, man, what the hell goes on in Foxborough? You guys are unbelievable. That's what has been taken to Henderson, Nevada. Scouts, more coaches, and more and more people I meet from that organization, which owned this sport, owned it for well over a decade, a recent decade, not going back to the 60s, 70s, and 80s. 
So you got to give these guys a little bit of ch- time to improve. And you got to give them a reasonable expectation here. But I think the expectation should be playoffs. Because Raider fans only want to talk about the Super Bowl, and they want to talk about winning the biggest games, and they should. Mark Davis only wants to win the Super Bowl. Okay, Mark Davis cares about every game, but he wants to win the Super Bowl. This organization wants to win now more than ever, but the guys in charge are looking at it differently. They're trying to make it the big word. The big word is sustainable. They don't want to be one and done. They looked at that 10-win team, and that 10-win team wasn't very good. They were good enough to make the playoffs. They weren't good enough to win a playoff game, and we all agree, all agree, because I love Rich Basaccia and the people before, that roster wasn't sustainable to go back to the playoffs and back again and back again. And I believe that. I thought it was a very good team. But I thought they did a lot of it with patchwork, and it wasn't sustainable. So now they brought in some guys that can help. And people continue to ask me. I had someone ask me yesterday, how far away are they, JT? I said, excuse me, how far? What do you, what do you want me to say on record? They're years away. I won't say that. I think they're good enough to make the playoffs this year. They're good enough to make the playoffs if they don't dig a hole and they don't do one thing that they did last year. Find a way to blow leads on games that were automatic victories. With all that being said, I'm not going to predict games. I'm sure I'm going to get to a point this year where someone's going to put my feet to the fire and say how many games the Raiders are going to win. I'll probably say nine. I might say ten. I'm not going to say seven or six. I work on the flagship. I'm not going to do that. But I don't know the number yet because I want to see what happens at training camp. I want to see if Jimmy Garoppolo is running wind sprints. I want to see if Tyree Wilson is coming off the edge with no pain. I want to see what this team looks like. So as we open up the show, Derek Carr is now starting to chirp. And I thought this was pretty interesting because we've made it clear here that we're not going to be the flagship station for the New Orleans Saints or the Oakland A's. But I did say when there is news from time to time that's important and it leads ESPN, I'm not going to avoid it. So Derek Carr uh, talking about the situation, his exit out of here, I found these cuts pretty interesting on Derek Carr and how he felt at the very end. I was, for lack of a better term, I was very upset. I was, I was mad, you know, for, you, know, you, you spend nine years in a place, you, you know, you have all the records, you can play at a high level, and uh, for, for something to get in the way, whether it was whatever reason, you know, money-related or whatever, you know, injury-related, you know, I would have said I, I don't even want the money just to play two more times in front of our fans, you know. And uh, I didn't get that opportunity, so it definitely lit a fire inside me to keep going. Okay, so a couple of things on that. He's got a fire lit because he's leaving the Raiders. That's for sure. I would too. I'd have a fire too. So that's not a big deal. He said that if it had anything to do or money or injury related, of course it did. It had everything to do with money and injury related. It didn't have anything to do with the money that was owed to Derek Carr, which was only two more games. There's only two more games left, the Niners and the Kansas City game. The money wasn't the problem. The issue became if Derek Carr got hurt, all of his money would have been guaranteed the following year, which would have been this upcoming year. And the GM and the coach didn't want him anymore. They liked him. They liked him. There was no bad blood. They just didn't want him to be the quarterback anymore. They did not want him to be the quarterback. It had nothing to do with the money. It had everything to do with the system. They believed that Derek, a very good quarterback, they could get someone to run the system better. So Derek talked about he'll keep playing. He would have played for free the last two games. That's not the point. 
The reason why Derek Carr didn't play those last two games was a business. It would have been great for Derek. I wish he would have played the last two games. I wish he would have walked off the field, you know, holding his son or one of his sons or his new daughter and with his hands in the air thanking the fans. That was taken from him because of an insurance issue, an injury claim he couldn't afford to get hurt against the two best teams the Raiders played the entire year. The two best teams they played, no debate, the entire year with the 49ers and Kansas City. And they lost both those games. They should have won the 49er game. They played, I thought, exceptionally well in that game overall. So when you, when you look at what happened at the end for the Raiders and Derek Carr, Derek's taking the high road, but more from Derek as he's talking to the media now that he's comfortable in New Orleans or Vegas. I have so many friends over there, and I, I want them to succeed. You know, uh, I want Jimmy to be healthy. I want him to play great. You know, because that, that helps Devonte. You know, I want it helps Max. It helps you know Josh Jacobs. It helps all my friends, Colton, Andre. You know, I, I just, I'm going to stop naming names because someone will get upset. You know, but I, all my friends, you know, over there that I just want them to have success. You know, that's all I was ever trying to do was give my best so they could win, and and I want that so bad for them. You know, I want them to feel feel that love of the game again I want them to feel that excitement of the game again you know and I want it to even in the hard times I want them to gel together come together and say you know it's gonna be all right and move on and keep it pushing you know and I and I wish that for them and I, I hope the best for them but I'm focused on our team you know I'm focused on the thing that matters the most to me is that the Saints win you know and uh, you know like I want my friends to have success and I don't want them to have hard times but I still want the Saints to win a little more yeah, I think that's a great sign by, by Derek Carr. That sums up Derek Carr in general. I don't think he has the ability to root against his friends. He doesn't. But his, his, his main priority is winning with New Orleans. But they're in the NFC and in the AFC. Does he want the Raiders to go to the Super Bowl right after he left the team? Probably not. But does he want these guys to succeed and be happy in their life? He is a man of extreme faith. Okay, he's a guy who speaks about his faith all the time. I agree with everything he said there. So I wanted to get there and open up with this topic if you want to comment on it because I'm not going to avoid this topic. There's a number one story in the NFL today earlier, the sound clip about Derek Carr and what he thinks about his friends and all of this there. So we're not hiding from Derek Carr, okay? But this isn't going to be a rah-rah show for the Saints under any circumstance because we want the Raiders to get all the attention here. But I think Derek Carr took the high road on that. A lot of people were tweeting about it. I wanted to touch on it in the opening of the show. If you have a comment on it, 702-365-9200 is the number as we open up the show. Uh, Last night, I watched the College World Series. It was fascinating between LSU and Florida. LSU got slaughtered in game two of the series, and then they give up the first two runs in the decisive game three, and then they come all the way back and slaughter Florida. It was one of the more unique games that I've ever seen. I mean, it was that fascinating to watch baseball last night. A big topic that I did earlier today is, did you watch it? See, there's no excuse in Las Vegas not to watch baseball. And again, not an A's topic, but college-wise, we have some of the best high school baseball in America. And wherever you are around town, from Liberty to Bishop Gorman to Palo Verde, whatever your team is around town, Cimarron, I don't know who your team is, but this is an unbelievable town for baseball, especially youth baseball, Little League, the, the size of these little leagues in Henderson and Summerlin are enormous. If you were investing in the stock market of little leagues, I'd invest here in Southern Nevada. There's so many baseball players who live here in the offseason. Just great for the weather and for training for all that. But I don't think a lot of people watch the College World Series, or enough of them did. 
And if you didn't, you missed out. And I wanted to throw that into the monologue. Did you miss this completely or did you watch it? Because even though this game ended in a blowout, 18 to 4, the fact that LSU had to beat Wake Forest twice, then had to beat Florida twice, with some of the best players in baseball, LSU is going to have three of maybe the top 10 players taken in the upcoming draft. This was amazing last night. It truly was Americana in Omaha as LSU, here's the final call, wins. A strike and an out away from a natty. Two outs, runner at first. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. And all is right in the world. Tigers win. Tigers win. The national championship is headed back to Baton Rouge. The dog pile begins left of the mound. A promise made and a promise kept by Tiger head coach Jay Johnson just over two years ago said I'm here to get LSU to Omaha and back on top of the college baseball world and after an 18-4 victory here tonight he has done just that the LSU Fighting Tigers are the 2023 national champions with an 18-4 win over the Florida Gators to take 2-3 in this championship series. LSU Radio on the call. There were a bunch of future MLB stars who were there. Eight games were decided by one run. Three teams overcoming a deficit of three or more runs, tied for the most since the College World Series in 2011. 30 home runs, the most since 2010. Florida hit 17 home runs total, tying a record set by both LSU and USC in 1998. And if you look at what happened here in this picture for LSU, Paul Skeens, who looks like Garrett Cole, he's unbelievable. Uh, He's going to go number one or two in the draft coming up here. So I'm not going to get a big topic out of this today. All I just wanted to do was throw out here, very important to me what you watch and consume as a sports fan, because then I can't do a show unless I know what you're into. Right? Think about what I do for a living. You just can't say, well, Raiders. No, I do more than Raiders. This was the College World Series. Did it hit your radar? Did you watch it? How could you not watch it if you like Major League Baseball? Say you're a Dodger fan. I'm a Yankee fan. These guys are going to go to the pros. Don't you want to know who they are? Or did it completely be off your radar because we're at the end of June and we're all waiting for football? 702-365-9200. If you didn't watch it, I think you missed out on something pretty good. The other big storyline is the NBA. As we continue on, uh, James Harden has till Thursday to opt out of his $36 million deal and get more money. Did you hear what I just said there? He can opt out and get more money for being up and down and quitting on the Houston Rockets and the Brooklyn Nets. Where have you ever heard anything like that in your life? Are Are you allowed to opt out of your job if you're not doing a good job and then opt back in for more money? No, the second you opt out of your job, you're probably going to get fired. Only in the NBA can you do this. Only in the bleeping NBA can you do this and have a down year or be past your prime and get more money. This is a hot topic for me heading into the summer here as we watch this play out. That's why we like Victor Wembayana coming to the Spurs and some of these younger players coming in because they're going to make a lot of money, but their contracts, their rookie contracts are going to be capped. And then if they deserve it, they'll get more money going forward. I'm just talking about the veteran players that still want more money. That is very alarming to me. Uh, The big news is Damian Lillard 
Uh, where is he going to end up? Uh, he just had a big meeting with his organization last night and today. Early reports are is that they want to rebuild or keep or continue to build with Dame in Portland. I think this is the time he needs to go. He needs to go, and he's from Oakland, and his dad's a Raider fan. And I know I hopefully can get one call from someone in the Bay Area on the East Bay's Damian Lillard. Where do you think he ends up? He's not going to go to the Warriors. He could go to Miami. If I was Damian Lillard, I'd only go somewhere where I could play and win a championship. And those only teams that I see that can do that are the Milwaukee Bucks, the Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, and out west, he's not going to go from Portland to Sacramento. I don't think Dallas can win a ring. Denver doesn't want him. They have Jamal Murray and Jokic. He wouldn't want to play there. The Warriors don't want him. They just got Chris Paul. I think the Lakers. Again, the Lakers don't have the money to do it with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, but they could figure it out. They could get rid of some contracts, move some players, get some picks, pick swap, and do it. I don't think he ends up there. Reports are Damian Lillard, the team that's in the lead to get him is the Miami Heat. Imagine having Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and having Damian Lillard. That would have been enough, I think, to maybe beat Denver. 702-365-9200. And the last thing I wanted to mention, we told you all yesterday, that we're going to put out on the radio only. This isn't a Raiders-related. I'm not a podcast with the Raiders. This isn't on Raiders TV. Just on my show, the JT The Brick Show, noon to do, the all-time Raiders team. We're going to do that uh, quickly starting July 7th. And we're going to take it right up to training camp. I'm going to try to get it done, uh, hopefully in two weeks. And what I'm going to ask from you, and I'm asking from you, please, is to participate in this. When we try to figure out who are the greatest players to ever play for the Raiders. But there's a hook to the story. It's not everybody that you're thinking of. They only had to play one year for the Raiders. They didn't have to have the greatest year. Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams will be on my team and we're going to do it all together. But I will have Devontae Adams as the one of the all-time Raider receivers. I'm not going to wait four more years to see if he's here. He's proved it in year one. I'm going to have Devontae right there with Freddie Bolitnikoff, Cliff Branch, and Jim Brown. Okay, but I'm only taking four. Ooh, now, now I got your attention. Now I got your attention. I could take Randy Moss. I obviously wouldn't because he was a putrid Raider. He was a despicable Raider. Because he, he laid down on the bench in front of me. Right in front of me, laid down on the bench. So I'll never give Randy Moss any credit on Raiders radio. But when you look at the greatest wide receivers in Raiders history, they look pretty obvious to you. Don't forget. When you talk about you know, the teams. I'm hearing something. Uh, don't forget Devontae. Devontae is going to make the list, I think, because he might be statistically. And what about Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time. No debate. What are you going to do with Jerry Rice? So you got Devontae and Jerry Rice, but I'm only taking four. Ooh, that's going to make it tough. We're going to start off with the offensive line, and we're going to get into the offensive line, and we'll talk about that coming up. The first group I'm going to start with, uh, July 7th, when we come back, or July 6th, I'm going to start off with the offensive line. We're going to start off at left tackle and move to the interior out to the right tackle. So all I hope is you vote when we put up some polls, you jump on in with some phone calls, and you hit us up via Twitter at JT the Brick. 702-365-9200. We got a good show lined up today. Jeff Sherman 
will join us from over at the Westgate. We'll talk to him about some of the moving odds that are coming. We'll also jump in and talk to Levi Edwards, who does a lot for the digital team of the Raiders. He's going to join us. And Damon Bruce is going to check in. Damon Bruce is going to check in. You should know who he is, a longtime Bay Area sports talk host, on what's happening with the Warriors. The Warriors with Chris Paul, Draymond Green, massive topic as we open up the show. The monologue brought to you by PTs, and make sure you get out to see Zach Whitecloud. I think that's going to be exceptional. That's going to be a lot of fun, and if you're a Golden Knight fan, get there, get there early, get there for happy hour, and we'll be talking about that over the next couple of days here. It's Bobby and I, and hopefully you. That's 26 minutes of a monologue. It'd be nice to hear from you on Twitter or on the phones and participate. I know it's the summertime, but I got my A game. Toss play. Jacobs gets a block from Johnson at the 30. Cuts back inside. Stiff arm. 25-20. Jacobs off to the races. Five. Touchdown, Raiders. What a way to capitalize. A 30-yard touchdown run for Josh Jacobs, who was like a bowling ball into the end zone. And the Raiders take a 20-13 lead. Yes, that's Jason Horowitz on the call. JT, back with you, and we are brought to you by Resorts World. Just had their two-year anniversary. Congratulations to Scott Sabella and his entire team here for everything that they do. Uh, Thanks to them for being a proud partner of ours. We're talking about JJ today. It's very important because it's national news as he's getting ready to make a decision on signing the franchise tag. And this is a topic that should be important to every Raider fan. And I've admitted to every Raider fan that I didn't believe that we would see the production out of him last year. I didn't doubt him, but I knew new regime. A lot of the guys from the old regime weren't going to be here. Uh, Josh Jacobs' contract, I knew the money he's making. I don't get involved in his money. I never talk money when it comes to Josh Jacobs, but I got to run a radio show. I got to get some people here to tweet and call in and act like they got a pair. And the only way I can do a Josh Jacobs topic is simply this. I, I think he's a lock to play. Okay, I'm not one of these guys where someone gets hurt, he's going to get traded, or they're, they're going to fight, he's going to hold out and hold out and not play. I'm not one of those guys. I think that most likely if I'm a betting man, I think he'll play on the franchise tag. And if they're able to put together a deal, the deals are going to be more friendly to the Raiders' front office than they're going to be to the players. I mean, Max got a new deal, and you know there's going to be some great players that come along. Tyree Wilson got drafted. He's got to prove himself if he's going to get his next deal. So all contracts in the NFL, especially at the running back position, favor the ownership and the GM. Do we all get that? It usually doesn't favor the back because we go through cycles in the NFL. And it used to be in the 80s and 90s and 2000s. You can go back to Emmett Smith, Walter Payton. Go to any great running back. Marcus Allen had huge issues with contracts with Mr. Davis going to Kansas City. This isn't the first guy to wonder what his future is going to look like. But I think Josh, to me, has never been more valuable to this team and the team winning. This team has to win. I'm not saying they got to win 13 or 14 games, but they got to win more than six last year and compete for the playoffs. And I think the one way that we know they can do it as we wait for the Jimmy G clearance, all clear, he's good to go, is going to be heavy, heavy Josh Jacobs. 
He ended the year at 1,600 yards. You couldn't stop him. You couldn't tackle him. He was running stronger at the end of the year. So you would assume, depending on what his workout regime looks like, and from what I've heard off the record, he's in great shape and he's working out. Then you can go into week one in Denver and win and beat Denver on Jacobs alone. Jacobs could go in there and run the ball if Denver is super concerned with Devontae, Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, Michael Mayer, the tight end. You can just spread out Denver. They have an elite, I think an elite secondary, so they're better against the pass than the run. I don't know. You might be able to beat Sean Payton week one on the road if Josh runs for 140 yards and two touchdowns. So I'm putting a much, I wouldn't say pressure on him. Who am I? I'm just telling you that at this stage of his career, he was great all last year, great at the end of the year on a losing record, losing team. He's got to be great opening up the season. And he might not be great if he's not around, if he wants to hold out and do all this. So I think cooler heads are going to prevail. I think that everybody is going to be in a good spot. I'm very optimistic on this, but I'm not here to make predictions. I'm not telling you that this is going to be a lock. So when I'm throwing it out to you for a topic today for Raider fans, what do you think the priority is for Josh Jacobs at this stage? Is it to show up and build on that year on the franchise tag or make a point and play for more money and want more money? That's a no, no harm, no foul topic. It's a lead story on a couple of websites today. He and Saquon Barkley are in the same boat. I think Saquon Barkley's got a lot to be upset about because they decided to give a contract to Daniel Jones. And I think that Saquon Barkley's a better football player than Daniel Jones. If Josh Jacobs stayed here, and he is here, and they ended up giving a quarterback, because Jimmy G got good money, but not break the bank money. If they were able to make a decision on Jared Stidham, let's say the Raiders gave Jared Stidham a long-term deal, four or five years for big money, really big money, $25 million or more. You wouldn't give him 40 or 35 And then Josh played on the franchise tag, and we saw the quarterback, Jared Stidham, get a long-term deal. Then Josh could be really upset. The quarterback money here is not a priority. They wanted to get off of Derek's money for what he was making and what he was going to make going forward. And then they want to develop a young quarterback. It didn't hit perfectly. They had the seventh pick. If they had the second or third pick and could have got one of the top two quarterbacks, different story. They got Jimmy Garoppolo. And then they have some backups there. So the money in this franchise as of today is not heavy, heavy quarterback money. It's not heavy running back money. It's heavy Devontae money. Devontae's making the money. He's making big money. And Renfro got a big contract extension considering what we saw from him last year. And of course, he was injured. He was banged up there. So when we take a look at Josh Jacobs here, we're getting to the point where we can make a decision on the radio. Do you want to franchise tag him? Or do you want to see Josh getting something long-term? Because everything I'm seeing on Twitter, a lot of Raider fans realize that it's hard to get a contract. It's easy to sign the franchise tag. I kind of play traffic cop on this topic because I don't want to get involved in Josh's money. I'd like to see him get a contract extension, but I understand how prudent it is for the Raiders to keep salaries in line as they're trying to bring better players in here. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. Mitch, you're up next in Jersey. What's going on? Good to hear from you, Mitch. Hello, Jay. Uh, JT. Uh, Good, Mitch. First on Josh Jacobs, I 
I think he should be playing for guaranteed money, the way they treat running backs. Mm-hmm. And when you're NBA. Well, hold on a second. It is, it is, gar- it, hold on. It is, gar- it is guaranteed. Let's, Mitch, stop. It is guaranteed money if he's franchise tagged. He gets 10.1 guaranteed money. So if he, if he plays on a franchise tag, all that money's guaranteed. Do you want a longer-term deal for him? This is a very good play. Okay. I wait around all day, and that's the first call I get. Okay. Bobby, we need a break badly. Let's get this show back in line. 702-365-9200. We're debating Josh Jacobs. Franchise tag, a long-term contract deal. That's it. That's what I got today. I think the franchise tag is probably what he's going to get. If he does get paid, we'll throw a party for him if he gets a contract extension. Matter of fact, I'll throw a keg party. I'll buy at least one keg. It'll be a keg of Modelo with the fighting spirit and the bucket of Modellos. You know, it's you're right about that. Um, You know, it doesn't mean you can't get comfortable with other players. And um, certainly uh, I've had an opportunity to work with a number of different guys. And this will be uh, the fifth year in a row that I've uh, probably entered the season with a new starting quarterback. And so for me, this stretch has been a little different, a little unique. I had a long stretch there where it was really mostly one guy, um, you know, and, and we know who pretty, that pretty was. unique guy coach. Yeah. He's a pretty good player. Uh, <laughs> Makes your you job know. a little bit easier, probably more difficult to prepare when you got a guy like Brady. It was Rich Gannon who was talking with Josh McDaniels for the 33rd group. That's a really big interview trending a lot. I know a lot of our shows ended up playing him, and I thought it was a lot of fun to hear that. It was a long, long, long interview and I thought that Coach McDaniels gave Rich Gannon a lot. Uh, Jeff Sherman joins us, a senior VP of risk management, over at the Westgate as we come off of hockey. And, hey, Jeff, one thing as we start off coming off all the hockey as a fan, because we're going to get into lines with you and futures and all that, but how would you feel as a fan going to games with your daughter, your wife, just experiencing everything from even getting on the ice and painting the ice after the cup? Yeah, it was tremendous. I mean, we've been there since day one. We've been a season ticket holder, and uh, you know, now our daughter's three and a half, and she's been experiencing it. And this is the second year that she's went, like you said, and paid on the ice. So we're getting her involved, and uh, it's just great for the community, for uh, everyone to to be able, the kids to be able to grow something that wasn't here just a, a few short years ago. Nicely said. Let's move over to baseball. I just did a show this morning in the chaos in New York with the Mets and the Yankees, also the Padres out west. The Dodgers really aren't clicking. So when it comes to moving the number on the future odds to win the World Series, any drastic moves or are they pretty much all in place because we have three wild card opportunities? No, we've been we've been having a lot of movement. Uh, most notably, the Rangers now have reached single digits at nine to one, um, and then you have teams like Cincinnati that's been extremely hot. They're down to thirty to one, where they were just a hundred to one a couple weeks ago. Uh, but the teams that you mentioned, the Yankees are up to fourteen to one, Astros up to ten, Dodgers up to seven. And you have the Diamondbacks and Giants that are ahead of the Dodgers in the division. So their odds keep shortening. You know, every once in a while when a team that's really good is struggling, their odds get longer. That's when some of the Sharps and the value players want to jump on a team, maybe like the Padres or the Mets or maybe even the Yankees. Are you seeing one team that's getting a little extra play here because everybody's expecting them to jump back into it? 
Well, yeah, just as you said it, there is one team that they're playing, and it's San Diego, and they're at eighteen to one. They're playing them at eighteen for the World Series and nine for the pennant. So uh, each time we raise them, we keep getting more sharp play on them, and it's not going away. Uh, let's move to the NBA and what concerns fans should have in regards to maybe a team's odds moving shorter here with some of the movement here. We expect James Harden to opt out, but then opt in with Philadelphia. Also, Draymond Green opting out but probably opts back in with the Warriors for bigger numbers there. Anything moving in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, we didn't have too much move. We did with the Bradley Beal trade where the Suns went from 10-1 to 1 down to what they are now at 7-1. to 1. But this isn't a great free agent class. Um, I think a lot of the movement we're going to see might be trades or sign-in trades with some free agents. Uh, Miami looks to be a team that wants to be aggressive. Uh, they're sitting at 12-1 to 1 right now. If they were to get someone like Lillard, they could go down to like 8-1. to 1. Um, but I don't see too much now that uh, you're expecting to happen. There just isn't a great free agency class with uh, Kyrie Irving heading the way, and he's expecting to go back to uh, to the Mavericks. Any talk that you're hearing, Jeff Sherman joins us from the Westgate on Damian Lillard to Miami. Is Miami the favorite? Uh, will be eventually from a betting perspective. There's not a lot of opportunities for him to go to many places if he wants to win. It's not about where he can go. He can go anywhere. But the point is he'd leave Portland because he wants to win a chip. Yeah, I mean, we're hearing right now Miami or even Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn, they would part ways with some players, not the young guys like Cam Johnson and Michael Bridges. So if he went to that situation, uh, you know, it'd be tough in the East, but um, there'd be a young team that he can get involved with that can just be a, a piece or two away there. But Miami would be the quick fix. And, uh, you know, the meeting yesterday said that they want to build around a winner in Portland for him. But, you know, there's so much smokescreen going on right now, and it happens every year. And basically just don't believe what you hear going on in the media from that perspective. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we always have to be on our toes and, and look for Twitter quickly. Uh, Jeff Sherman's our guest. So take me behind the scenes. I went to an Aces game on Saturday night. What is it like to set the number for the Aces? What is it like liability-wise? Just overall, I don't even know what the limits are. The limits on a WNBA bet. Uh, Break it down like you're talking to someone who's never placed a bet like myself and when we're talking about the WNBA. Yeah, generally we take $1,000 on the point spread for a WNBA game, 500 on the total, and you know, if it's a marquee game, you know, we have a large one coming up on Thursday night with the Liberty at the Aces. We'll increase our limits, take two, 3000 on that. Um, but the Aces, I mean, it's been an unprecedented year for them. They're 13-1 and one now. Their point spreads are usually in double digits, even on the road. Uh, we have the game up on Thursday night, a look-ahead line right now, and the Aces are laying seven to the Liberty. Liberty are power-rated number two right now. If you look at the title odds, the Aces are a minus 170 favorite to win the title at this point. Liberty plus 160. The Mystics are the third team at 16 to 1. So the expectations are to see the Liberty and the Aces at the end of the year. Very interesting to me. So you do increase the size of the bets for the marquee games. That's interesting. So it could be not so much a game you value. It's got to be a bigger, more marquee game. What do you mean by that? Yeah, when you get to a game like the Liberty and the Aces, you're expecting more betting handle on that, more okay. eyes on that game. So we'll we'll be able to maneuver easily, and we'll write more money on it. So we can go ahead and increase them from that perspective. If you just had an average game, Seattle at Chicago, we're not expecting too much money on that game. But an Aces game against a top team, then we can go ahead and increase it. 
Jeff Sherman, as we wrap it up, he's over at the Westgate, VP of Risk Management. If you're listening out of market, you come to the Westgate, you'll have the best sports book experience of your life. Take it from me. Let's go to the Rocket Mortgage Classic. The way Ricky, when he shot a 60 and we're waiting on him to win again. I remember when this sat, uh, this lined up for Tony Finau, I believe, last year. This is where a golfer can go and get on a roll and win an event like this and maybe win another one right behind it. Tell me about this. I know you got Ricky 12-1, to 1, Finau 12-1. to 1. I'm also noticing here, which is an interesting player, Keegan Bradley coming off a win at 30-1. to 1. Yeah, this is a, a putting contest. We expect the winner to be about 25 under par. So, you know, get a hot putter and you can get going. And uh, like you mentioned, Ricky, the way he's playing, you know, he had his two-year slump. He's far over that. Mm-hmm. And now he's a betting favorite this week. And he's a hot selection coming up for the Open Championship in a few weeks, too. Uh, and you mentioned Keegan Bradley coming off a win at home where it was 80-1 to 1 to win the Travelers. But it's always tough to back that up, especially an emotional win like he had. So 30-1, to 1, I don't think there's too much of a bargain from mm-hmm. that perspective. But the, the golfers at the top of the leaderboard, Fowler, Finau, Morikawa has been getting some play. He's now 14-1. to 1. It's actually a decent field this week. Is it good for the sport to have scores 23-under, 25-under? What does it say about these courses here, the length of the game, what they need to do to kind of get the scores down? I'm not looking for U.S. Open scores, but anything over, you know, under 20 under or past that really starts to catch my attention as that not being great for the sport. You know, and it's not great for the betting handle either. When you get a, a tournament like that, we get a lot less handle where if these golfers are challenged and it's 15 under, maybe 10 under, we tend to see more betting handle because people like to see them struggle a little bit and like to get involved. And you maybe have some golfers that play that style a little bit better than mm-hmm. strictly, like I mentioned, a putting contest. And, you know, whoever has a hot putter can pull away and it takes some of the handicapping out of it. So if it's a, a tougher condition course, then the betting handle ends up being a little bit better for us. Thank you, Jeff. Enjoy 4th of July. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. We always appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, thanks, JT. That's Jeff Sherman over at the Westgate. Go hang out. When was the last time you were at the Westgate? If you're a sports gambler, you've probably been there often. If you're coming in from out of town, you go to the Westgate, you go through the lobby, you see the Elvis statue, you go say hi to Jeff Sherman, Jay Cornegay, you get in one of their booths, it's fantastic. The screens are incredible. The service is great. They really treat you like you're a regular. Whenever I go there to watch sports, really enjoy it there. 702 365 9,200, two interviews coming up next hour. Damon Bruce, we'll get to him at about 105 on what's going on with the Warriors. Uh, That's a Raider-related topic on Raiders Radio because most Raider fans are Warrior fans or Laker fans. We'll hear from him. And then Levi Edwards is doing that deep dive. If you've gone on to the Raiders' website, they're doing some looks at position battles. Levi put the one with the quarterbacks, with Jimmy Garoppolo. So he's up to speed. We'll break down what the quarterback situation looks like, and if there's a chance for a change to come. You know, they drafted a quarterback out of Purdue that everybody seems to be raving about, but I'm raving about Jimmy G. All right, our summer contest. You got to be here. What an opportunity to win. You can be qualified to win four tickets for an Aviators game and have a shot at winning the weekly grand prize. This week's trip is five days in Maui and $1,500 cash. Well, you can take the $3,000 cash. Take the trip or take the cash. It's the summer of fun. Be the seventh caller to call Bobby 
at 702-365-9200. Then Bobby can get rid of all those calls. We'll qualify you, and then we can get back to doing our show, which I'm really excited about the rest of the way. This is a hell of a promotion. Craig in our promotions department, his head is on a swivel. All of our stations are doing this, FM, sports. So you get an opportunity to qualify. Remember, this isn't a winner. You're qualifying to win a really big prize. It's going across our lineup here on Raider Nation Radio. Oh, speaking of our lineup here, I was listening to the morning show. I had to go to an appointment this morning, and I was listening to Clay, Lindsay, and Vinny, and they were talking about the statues. I love statue topics. And I texted in that I think Mark andre Fleury should get the statue. Lindsay disagreed respectfully i respect her i disagree i think that he did too much for this franchise too much for this franchise to get it off the ground get eyeballs on it play at the highest level and i was saying as he was playing here that flurry should get the first statue she said someone from the stanley cup should fair argument i think the first statue at toshiba plaza should be one of those crazy saves glove saves that mark andre flurry made which got the karma going for this team and got everybody behind this team and got the Golden Knights to a position where they were respected around the league. He wasn't here for the Stanley Cup, but man, he played in a lot of big games. And most of the jerseys I still see, most of them at T Mobile Arena on any given night that I go, is Marc Andre Fleury. So that was great listening to the morning show today. Uh, Q, I don't know when he's coming back from vacation, but man, he's been tweeting Maui. We both went to Maui two weeks apart. Looks like he's having a great time with his son. 702-365-9200. We'll get into the Warriors at the top of the hour. Uh, This hour, presented by our great friends over at the M Resort Spawn Casino. We do a lot over at the M. It's the official hotel of the Raiders. So there's banquets there. There's restaurants. The Raiders Tavern. I know you've been there, and they got a great hockey bar right in the middle to go watch the Golden Knights. The Golden Knights, they've released their home opening home game. I'll also get to that on the other side. Pretty excited about that. Good opponent as they will raise the banner. Find out who that will be against when we come back. JT from home today. Good to talk to you as we begin another hour right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black.